freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Jay Buter just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to do you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen and Ballard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello! Yes, Brock. Pitchers and catchers do what they do best today. They report. The thing you wait for them to do for months, they report Mm. today. Mm. How about that? Mm. It's good news. High weight, body fat, treadmill, stress test. I don't think they actually have to do any of those things today. (laughs) I think, honestly, the idea of reporting, if I remember correctly, when you report, you need to be in town. Mm. That's the rule. Like, Mm. you got to be here. Okay. You don't even need to, I think, show up at the facility Whew. until workouts tomorrow. Now, most guys do, and most guys, as you just said, take all their you know stress tests and everything else that needs to happen, physicals, et cetera. But I think they just need to be in Peoria today is the rule. That's intense. Right? Just make sure you're there. Just be there. <laughs> yes. Because, because, you know, <laughs> the season doesn't start for a month and a half. True. So, True. you know, just being there is a pretty good start. And, of course, it's a holdover from, you know, way back in the day. But as pitchers and catchers report today, Brock, aren't these the strengths of this team? I mean, like, I know we're going to talk a lot about Julio, et cetera, once, you know, full squad reports later. But this is the strength of the team. Mm-hmm. Pitchers and catchers, right? I don't care what those stupid projections say. I love this rotation. That's remember the strength ye- of this team. Remember yesterday or a couple of days ago, I was talking about, I think it was in Blue 88, just talking about Gonzaga when we went and watched them play. Mm-hmm. And for so many years, from Santangelo being the first and Dick out all the way through, the different guys, and those point guards, they just don't waste any time. They go north and south, and they're right down the middle of the court. I mean, they're, they're transition, and they just cut that defense in half, and they want to own the middle of that court. The strength of this team is the middle. It is your center fielder. It is your pitching staff. It is your bullpen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it is your your catcher. It may be catchers, plural. Tom Murphy being back this year in whatever capacity or role he is going to play. I can't quite put JP and Colton in that same conversation. Colton has been in the past. We'll talk to Colton Wong here in, what, 25 minutes, which will be a blast. JP, uh, you know, there's a. am reading a lot of people thinking that this is going to be a bounce-back year that as much attention as everybody else got last year and as much struggle at times as it was for him, especially from a, a contact and a hard hit rate, that he may be a guy that's invested as much as anything in this offseason to be a key. But, yes, right down the middle of this team, mm-hmm. center fielder, pitchers, catcher, that is. This team is built from the inside out right there. Well, I certainly point to the starting pitching as being the thing that is – you know, what is going to drive this team? And I think this has a chance to be the best rotation we've seen here in our time together, Brock. Certainly has an opportunity. Now that you had the year, you know, 2010, believe big, right? With Felix and, and uh, Cliff Lee at the top and Vargas and Eric Bedard. I mean, that was a pretty good rotation, honestly. Yep. Doug Fister eventually, I think, joined that rotation as well. That was a good rotation. Yep. I think this has a chance to be the best one. The first true ace we've seen here since Felix in his prime. Right, they've got everything you want. I think that's what I like. They've right. got the ace, they've got the left-handed Cy Young Award winner strikeout specialist in Robbie Ray. You got two young power righties who both attack in completely different ways. Right, Gilbert with sort of his funky delivery, and then Kirby with just incredible precision and command. And then you got two veterans at the back of this rotation. Not sure yet who it's going to be. Probably Marco, but both of whom have had success 
in the past, and neither of whom are that old. I mean, like, there seems to be this, like, oh, yeah, those guys are sort of past their prime. Marco Gonzalez, 31. That's like the end of a prime. And for a left-handed pitcher like yeah. him, that yeah. he should still have five to eight good years left. I mean, in Jamie him. Moyer had 20. That's right. And then Chris Flexen is how old? 28. He's not 32. Wow. He's 28. So, you know, this idea of like, I'll oh, forget about him. No, I don't know. I'm not just I'm not just going to forget about Chris Flexen in the can't. words of the great Brock here. You can't. can't. So I love that all those six guys come at you in fairly different ways. And that if they do have injuries, and we've talked about that before, they like some of their you know depth that's major league ready. Bryce Miller, Brandon Wu, Taylor Dollard are some of the names that I think we'll hear at some point this year. So the strength of this team is its rotation. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't add Bryce Miller as the seventh there because there's certainly been, if there's been one guy that's mm-hmm. had maybe the most intrigue conversation, even Jerry started that with us, what, a month and a half ago. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't say those well, six plus a little bullet because what we have seen with those little bullets, those little bullets become reality. Julio became reality. Logan became reality. Kirby became reality. Um, the, the, the big well, jumper, you, Cal you Raleigh, why. became, why, became reality. Those, the, the, this crew has shown yeah. developmentally that if you've got the stuff, we're not just going to bury you and keep you down there for years. No, I years don't think they are years. either, but I don't think he's going to start off the year as a starter is my guess. You know, just looking at what they've got in that rotation, and maybe it changes, right? Maybe you know they deal Marco or Flexen or whatever, and things kind of move around a little bit. But I, you know the way this shapes up at the beginning of the year when guys aren't fully stretched out, and especially with the WBC, et cetera, uh, and you've got, um, you've got the rule in place that doesn't allow them to keep extra pitchers anymore. I think you're going to need somebody in the pen mm. that can eat up some innings and throw multiple innings. Mm-hmm. And so you may see both Flexen and your guy, Bryce Miller, yeah. in the pen to start the year. And so you start thinking about who's in the pen, right? Munoz, obviously. I think he's going to be your one. Brash, I think, is going to end up the two. Seawald, the three. Those are your top leverage guys. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else, look, Castillo's probably Castillo's on the team to be, start the year. He's, he's making three million bucks. He's but then, you know, Penn Murphy and, and Matt Fester are probably your next two. They got options, right? I believe both have options. I know Murphy does. So they may end up down at the mm-hmm. beginning in order to get some of these multiple inning guys, and then eventually they join the team. Uh, you know, We don't know yet about Trevor God or Justin Topa, two guys they brought in in the offseason. We saw Sadler a couple of years ago, and then he got hurt. We'll see whether or not he's able to get back how many, to that. How form. many will they take? How many bullpen guys will they take out of Arizona to start uh, the year? I think you can only have 12 pitchers total. Wow. Right. They used to be able to sort of do whatever you wanted, and they would go down a bench player early. But my my understanding, wow. let me look this up. It might be, it might be, it's a, it, I'm 99 sure it's 12. Yeah. So you only have an opportunity if you're going to take those seven starters, <laughs> assuming that you know, or those six starters rather, assuming one of them's in the pen. Okay, well, what does that give you? Yeah, six. You know, you know what I got to do seven minutes into the show here. I, I'm I'm feeling the weight of this. On a Wednesday. It's a weighty Wednesday. I don't know what you're going to rank without your guy, mm. but it's a weight a weighty Wednesday. And that is, Mike, I owe, you, I owe you an apology for all of my early years where I was so ignorant to baseball, <laughs> where I was such an idiot. As we're just talking about these things, you know, as I, I came from my optics and my lenses of football, and I would be like looking at these guys like, dude, where, where's the buff dudes? What, right. what, what, what is this? And I'd be looking at the way that they go about their work like, come on. Where's the intensity? And then I remember specifically, and in particular, why I really need to apologize, is like, where's the competition? 
Where's competition? <laughs> I mean, sports bred on competition, so mm-hmm. I'm crying out loud. These guys aren't even competing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, actually, Brock, it's a good thing in baseball right. to not have a lot of spots up for grounds. It's actually a good thing. And I just, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry, Mike. I mean, for all of the pain I caused you, the early anguish, the, <laughs> the complete idiocy. Yeah. I do apologize. Oh, I appreciate for, that. Thank for those you. early years, because nice, nice say. because now I'm realizing, you know, it's a great thing. They don't have many spots no. other than maybe one or two because they're good. They're good. They're a good team. They're yeah, pretty I defined. Mean, Their roles are pretty well accepted. And you know who's going to be? That's that's really going to be the competition question. Like we we'd go to break early twelve years ago, and I go to break. This is terrible. What are you talking about? No competition. These guys are being coddled. <laughs> You're telling me the only competition's for the seventh spot in the bullpen? Boring, terrible. Right. Yeah. No, no that's actually, kind of supposed to be. Actually, good thing. Actually, no. <laughs> kind, of, kind of a good thing. Calm down over there. Yeah. Well, it'll. Be, I'll tell you, it will be interesting to see because they got more more relievers than they have bullpen spots right now. Right. Yep. If you do end up taking those six, and then you've got you know twelve total, and you know Munoz, Brash, and Seawald are going to be there, we got three more guys. And you still got Castillo, Murphy, Festa, Gott, Topa, Miller, Sadler. That's seven guys for three spots. Yep. So I, I think you're going to see some guys come in, come out, go down, come back up, et cetera, especially at the beginning of the year as uh, as they're trying to keep everybody fresh and try not to blow out any of these pitchers' arms. So, mm. uh, they, you know. Competition, maybe you're right in the hot hand there a little bit and seeing, you know, who's pitching well in spring training and if they can take it with them out of there, but also who can give you multiple innings to give you the most amount of flexibility early. I do want to talk about the catchers at some point this morning as well. Uh, so we will make sure we get to that. Uh, we'll talk to Colton Wong coming up in 20 minutes of baseball day, man. It is a baseball day. Pitchers and catchers are in the building. They've reported and we're here on Seattle Sports on 710. Nobody knows the Seahawks like Bumpin' Stacy. This does have to be a draft where you hit again. And maybe that's not fair to say. To say like, hey, in two consecutive draft classes, can you get a couple starters? If you want to get back to a Super Bowl, you have to once again find guys. You're not trying to duplicate in the sense that, oh, we need the Legion of Boom. We need to have Hall of Famers everywhere. What you do need are guys who are going to be here for two and three contracts. And they have opportunity to do that just with the picks that they've had. This is Seattle Sports. On 710 and the Seattle Sports app. All right, everybody, it's Mike Salk here, and I got some really good news from Riverside Roofing. They are able to offer and install Tesla solar-powered roof systems. I know you've been thinking about this, right? Well, Tesla chose Riverside Roofing after training their team members at the Tesla facility in California. And so, yeah, the accolades just keep on coming for Riverside Roofing. They're the best of the best roofing contractor here in our state. You might even remember that they are GAF Master Elite certified, which puts them in the top 3% of all roofing companies in the entire country. Now, Riverside Roofing shows time and time again why they are the roofing company that you can trust. They show up on time. They do great work. They leave your home and your yard better and cleaner than when they found it. Yeah, I personally worked with Riverside, and I can recommend them to anybody who is looking for a roof repair or replacement. So call Riverside. See if a Tesla solar roof is right for your home. How nice would that be? You can call them at 425-949-8252 or RiversideRoofingLLC.com. They are the roofing company you can trust. need to know 15 minutes past every hour with brock and salk here's what you need to know up first well i'm in a great mood man it's finally here the first major milestone as we creep towards the start of baseball season warmer weather hopefully 
Today, pitchers and catchers report for duty, which just means they've got to be there. But, you know, most of them will take their physicals way in and then workouts officially start tomorrow. Full squads certainly get the press. But for the Mariners, Brock, this is a great day. This is the strength of this team, the pitchers and, yes, the catchers as well. If Cal Raleigh can do and repeat what he did last year, continue to build off of it. Jerry DePoto saying that this is essentially, you know, why they are not as concerned about closing the 16-game gap with the Astros, they see Luis Castillo as an off-season addition who helps them now over the course of an entire season. So pretty exciting for him to be there for the first time today. Yeah, and, and you kind of mentioned this both in your email last night and to start the show, it's the diversity of the staff that you love. right? You, you're right. When Cliff and Felix were there, there were a lot of zeros. Went to a lot of games that were like 1-0, 2-1, 1-0. Uh, throughout the majority of it, but it is, you know, just the different flavors. Baskin Robbins, what do you want? Do you want just elite, elite stuff? Chev report, like off the charts? Well, there is Luis. Do you want a Cy Young Award winner that's been there and done it and is a consistent inning eater and, and really had success against everybody, save for the Houston Astros? Well, there's Robbie Ray. You got your two young guns that have come up together and Kirby and Gilbert, and then you got the vets and, and Flexen and Marco. And oh, by the way, this flamethrower that touches 100. That may come out of the bullpen, as you said, and Bryce Miller to start this year, but history tells us more than likely you got the talent, you're going to get the opportunity with this team. Well, that's the defense and the pitching side of it. On the offensive side of it, you know, we've talked a lot about these rule changes and how it can help, especially the speed game. They were unveiling the new bigger bases yesterday. I'm sure you saw some of those pictures (laughs) floating around the internet. Sam Haggerty was on the hot stove yesterday with Shannon Dreyer, and yeah, I think he's pretty excited about those. I've been trying to to strategize in my head how it it may play out. You know, with with less pickoffs, you know, you're going to probably have more of opportunities to to trust yourself and make a break um and then you'll have larger bases which you know may make it a little easier to slide and and avoid a tag and you know all all sorts of those little things um um, i look into and and i'll factor into to trying to steal second base or third base should help his game quite a bit as that's definitely the biggest thing that he brings to the table Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, finally, some action in the NFLs. The Raiders made it official with Derek Carr. He becomes a free agent, and, uh, well, they get nothing for him. Nothing. Zero. Amazing, considering just how much the Seahawks got for Russ less than a year ago. Now, nobody seems to think Seattle's going to be a fit, but he's a good player entering a bizarre quarterback market with a bunch of other guys out there, but he's going to be first. He gets to set what that market rate is. Yeah, and I don't know how to view this. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe it's a conversation we can have later today or later this week of, of what this means for Geno. If this is like a really good thing, that Derek Carr gets to go out there and he gets to really test the entirety of this market, find some of the soft spots, find some of the places they're going to overpay. Andrew Brandt said it like he's never seen, never seen a QB market like this. Not only with the draft, going to have two, three guys in the top five, but to have franchise-level quarterbacks, mid-level quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo, guys that have been in the Super Bowl. If the uh, Baskin-Robbins is the Mariners' rotation, so is this free agent and draft class when it comes to quarterback. And, yeah, you're exactly right. And Derek Carr said yesterday he's going to take his time. He's going to make his trips. He's going to do his due diligence. And in the end, he's going to give the first little marker of what this market's willing to pay these QBs. Cardinals have a new coach as of yesterday. He's fresh off the Super Bowl. That would be Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Uh, They have the number three pick. So kind of interesting to see if one of these quarterbacks continues to rise after the combine. And maybe at some point 
I don't know, either the Cardinals decide they want to replace Kyler Murray with somebody, or maybe they decide that they want to trade that pick in order to allow somebody else to move up and grab one of those quarterbacks. It would be great news, certainly, for the Seahawks. Here's the third thing you need to know. I mentioned before how much I hate the shootout because I hate the shootout. Mm. And apparently so do the Kraken. At least they're not very good at it. They lost their third shootout in as many attempts. Uh, They did not score once in the shootout. Uh, They battled to a 2-2 draw through 65 minutes, so they do get a point out of it in uh, Winnipeg. But they're kind of lucky to get this one. They looked awful early. They cleaned it up and looked better later. Got a little lucky on this goal. Alex Wenberg. Goldenen. And now done. This way for McCann. Blocked and pinballs in! I believe off Mason Appleton. It bounced off two guys before it eventually made its way behind the goalie and into the net. Just not a very good trip for them, man. One, three, and one on that road trip. They were generally outplayed in almost every game. So do what they've done a couple times this year, which is regroup and figure out how to get back on track. Went into the All-Star break, the leaders of the Pacific Division, now after a one, three, and one road trip. Three, four spots down. A little mm-hmm. bit of a log jam, Salk. And, I, and I, I don't know if you have done this yet, but I was just kind of curious more than anything because I've said this to you numerous times. Gosh, it feels like every time out they're playing someone pretty good. I know that there was a Columbus and there was you know a, a few stinkers out there, but by and large, well, for the next month, they play a lot of good competition. Yeah, It really isn't until like the end of March, the first half of April, that you get the Coyotes, you get the Sharks, you, yes, yeah. the Duck, you get some teams that you can feast on. It's it's going to be competitive, and, and now you go through 1-3-1 one, and one on a road trip, don't get many points. As competitive as this league is, this division is, you find yourself now fighting and scratching and clawing for your way back up. Well, big golf weekend starts tomorrow. Tiger Woods, Brock, going to tee it up at the Genesis Invitational in L.A., another elevated event, so the field will look almost like a major. He says he's ready to go, but he also said that he has yet to walk four rounds in four days. So... We'll see. Uh, Dan Rappaport reporting a few minutes ago. Tiger's gait looks noticeably smoother than it did last year. Oh, nice. He was walking pretty pigeon-toed and putting all weight on the outside of his right foot. Team Woods has done a bunch of trial and error on taping treatment methods to try to improve his walk, and it's working. Well, how about that? It's everything you need to know. Uh, on the day that uh, that the big golf show comes out, are we excited, Brock? Full swing today? Huh? What? What do you mean, what? The big what? Netflix show? Oh, I didn't know. Really? Comes out today? No. Yeah. What you, is it? Are you being serious? I'm dead serious. Oh, this yeah. is like the guys who did F1, the Drive to Survive Formula uh-huh. One show. Yeah. They've been doing a working on a golf show for like a year. Oh, wow. And it finally comes out today. It's got all the behind the scenes stuff, all of the live golf split. Like, it's got Whoa. everything. Brady, Mora, did you guys know this, or is I just kind of left in the dark? Oh, I only know because Justin and Salk have been repeatedly watching the trailer in the sports pit. (laughs) Kyle is planning to watch it at lunch today on his lunch break. Yeah, nice. Yeah, comes out today on Netflix, and uh, certainly I will be ready to go. All right, uh, we're going to talk to Colton Wong, the pride of Hilo in the big island of Hawaii. He's a new Mariner second baseman, and he joins us next. Stick around. It's Brock and Salk on Seattle Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Colton Wong going to join us uh, from Peoria here in just a couple of minutes. Looking forward to talking to him uh, for our first time. Um, okay. Huh? Okay, be honest. Be honest about what? Be honest. Just be honest with me. I'm ready to be honest. Well, I confessed and I apologize. Opening segment of the show. Felt right. like, you know, I was carrying a weight of, of burden and, and I needed to apologize. Okay. 
Okay, be honest with me in the audience. In the early days, when we were down there in spring training, <laughs> how nervous would you get with me talking to baseball players? Oh, a little bit. But, yeah. But uh, not that much. Because not you're, that much? You're really good at finding common ground because you're all pro athletes. And, you know, they see you. They see your size and build and athleticism naturally. And they're just like, okay, that's a guy that sort of is of my ilk in some who, way. Right? Who was that one kind of weirdo guy? Who was so obsessed with you from your yes. football days? That was Ryan Garko. <laughs> The great so Ryan Garko. Not a weirdo, Ryan, if you're listening. You were a great guy. But that nice was guy. A little... You guys are just going to put him on blast, full name no, like that? No. Well, Garko was just like, <laughs> like, kind of like staring at Brock in awe. It <laughs> like was... It was like like the way the kids stare at the baseball players when they come up to try to get an autograph. That's how Garko was looking at Brock down there. I was and like, then remember, Sean Figgins thought I was somebody else. Yes, that was He weird. thought I was a former teammate of his. Yeah. And I kind of played along for a while. Hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> like, hey, good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and Brock's pretty good. He'll t- find somebody to talk college football with or whatever. So, no. Yeah. All dude, right. I, don't, I don't get You didn't that. get that much that nervous? You had yeah. to get a little nervous. No, I don't get that nervous about right. that. No, okay. I always trust you with those things. <laughs> okay. Right. No. I get nervous when guys are, like, doing stuff and you just start shouting at them. That's generally where oh. I get more nervous. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Without you there last year, uh-huh. I kind of just started doing the same thing. Like, you each year would walk by and be like, what up, What's up, Beach? What's like, up, Beach? Yeah. 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 <laughs> So, Maura can be nervous about both of us when uh, when we're down there Probably. in a couple of weeks Great. and how much we're going to embarrass her. So, uh, yeah, no, that should be fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully we'll get to meet Colton Wong while we're down there. We spent some time talking pitchers earlier. You know, pitchers and catchers is, is sort of the other part of today. And as we wait for him, uh, let me spend a moment or two talking about the catching situation on this team. Because when I do storylines heading into spring training, which I'll do maybe next week, right? Mm-hmm. One of my top storylines is going to be how real is Cal Raleigh. It has to be. Mm-hmm. Because if what we saw last year is legit, then the catching position is locked down for years to come, and that's a huge strength of this team. But I'll admit, and you'll get mad at me, not necessarily you, Brock, but others, I'd like to see one more year before I go into a season totally confident there. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that he won't be good this year. I think he probably will be, and I'm looking forward to it. But... I would like to see like a, a full season, another year before I fully buy into the fact that this is going to be normal. Look, we always said it was going to take a switch hitting catcher extra time to develop. And if that switch has now gone off and he's you know fully cooked, that'd be great. But sometimes you got to take that and put a little bit back in the oven for a few more minutes and make sure that everything is ready to go. And that won't shock me either. Well, tell me how many switch hitting catchers there are out there. Oh, there aren't a ton of them. I mean, uh, no, o- there's o- not. over for the reason. years, I mean, the, the two that played in Boston and New York opposite each other yep. for so long really stand out in Jason Veritek and Jorge Posada because of, and yeah, you know, there've been a couple others over the years, but those, those two guys many. really stand out and it does take them a little bit longer, yep. but gosh, does he ever profile similar to Jason Veritek? It's just the stockiness, the leadership, the quiet demeanor, but with like a little cutting sense of humor underneath it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of reasons to look at him and say, yeah, there's, there's some similarity there. You know, it was one huge advantage. I didn't even think of while we were, going through it last year and it isn't until you look in the rearview mirror because you're just full speed in the in the windshield but what an advantage that he has come up in some ways with logan and with george and then you make a trade for luis castillo right and then you even bring robbie ray in last year as a cy young award winner like they they this battery right and that being the pitcher and catcher they have largely come up 
together, come mm-hmm. through together, got to know each other together. This isn't as if, you know, he's coming into a situation where there was Felix and Cliff, for example, and Bedard. And like, okay, how, how do I, as a young guy, find my way and find my the footing? The opposite, right? Exactly. He's with these hard guys. on Logan Gilbert. They live <laughs> together. I mean, he's like... Well, not anymore, I hope. They lived together. Okay, no, good. of course, yeah. Because, you know, good. Logan got married. Well, that's why Justin's trying... I did hear that. That's why Justin's trying to become <laughs> Cal's new roommate. that. Yeah. Did I tell you that? Yeah, Logan got yeah. married over the summer. It's really special. I was, I was hoping for the invite. And it means that he's going to be better, right? Right. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he settled down. I know that I, I became a much better athlete after I got married. Oh, I can, for sure. I can certainly say much that. Much better radio host. I mean, let's be very clear. Uh, yes. Well, I don't know. You never heard me. You never knew me before I was married. You don't know what yes. kind of a radio host I was. Um, so Cal Raleigh is, is one part of it. And then let's talk some Tom Murphy for a moment because that's another bit of a question mark. Not necessarily the hitting. I think Tom Murphy can hit as a major league backup catcher plus. I think he can hit. Is he going to be able to throw well enough this year to handle the new rules? He's coming off the shoulder injury to his non-throwing shoulder, so it's mm-hmm. not like that's going to you know end his ability. But this this new version of baseball, I think, is going to put somewhat of a premium on catchers who can throw and control the running game. So you know they're going to need help from pitchers, and that's going to be a you know a team wide job. But Tom Murphy, I think, will be another guy that's in a little bit of the the spotlight a little bit for me to find out whether or not he's up for that task. Is he going to be able to do his pre-bat squat now with this pitching clock and everything else? You think he's going to be able to still do his his routine? He's going to have to hurry. You think you think he found a new routine in his year of rehab? By the way, can I tell you? And again, not to get away from this, and we're waiting on Colton Wong. Hopefully, Colton will give us a buzz here any second. Um, I did see flipping through this morning some of my notes and headlines. Did you see Jesse Winker? Did you see the note about Jesse Winker? Kind of reminded me of Russell's serious hamstring. No. Injury. Yeah, Jesse had a serious serious spinal oh a serious spinal injury oh yeah and surgery i mean it was a serious he couldn't grip the bat he didn't have feeling he had weakness he couldn't turn his head to the right he couldn't look up i mean all it's it's kind of amazing after the fact that you hear oh maybe maybe some of these struggles were because he had serious or maybe you know we'll make a little bigger doom of it now Mm -hmm. and try to project to brighter things ahead you come off of a major year missed and i'll spin this back to murphy Mm -hmm. right you come off of at this stage of his career that is that's to to think you're going to snap your fingers and you're going to get that tom murphy that we saw that we all kind of gravitated to and the fun guy and and everything else that that just happens instantaneously it won't it won't and some of the pitching in this division and the pitching in the American League and some of the challenge it, it is for any of these guys, even when, you know, they don't miss a, a significant time and don't miss a year. But I feel like, don't you, personality-wise, he could be a terrific compliment. Absolutely. And he's got some of that leadership ability and he's been around the game. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why he's here and why they chose him over the other options that were available to them. Luis Torrens, et cetera. He's the guy they decided to keep. Uh, what was the guy who was here at the end? Kurt Casale as well. So, yeah, I mean, like they, they had other options for that yep. catching spot and they decided to to trust Tom Murphy. Now, they did also bring in Cooper Hummel. I don't know whether he's a catcher or not. I think he's reporting with the other pitchers and catchers today. Huh. He's the guy they got back from Arizona in the Kyle Lewis trade. And I don't know what he is. It's kind of been a jack of many trades, a he, master of none. He can hit a little bit. He can play a little outfield. Maybe he can catch. He's somebody, I don't know who he is really yet, but I'd like to get eyes on him when we're down there. Oh, boy. He'll be on my list of people. i just like to see, kind of see who he is, right. watch him a little bit, see what see what he moves like. Two eyes or four eyes? 
Well, Do the Ebenezers go on for this? No, it'll be far enough sure? away. I won't need that. The Ebenezers <laughs> are only for reading. Oh, really? That's yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I okay. can see distance great. No problems. Oh, yeah. No problems. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, I got none of that. No, it's just, right. just up close and personal. So <laughs> uh, I got a text question here from 253. It's a good question. If Cal Raleigh is legit, what does that mean for Harry Ford? So he is one of their top, somewhere mm-hmm. between one and three prospects, depending on on who's doing the ranking. And the guy that Jerry said to us a couple weeks ago that if you're, you know, like Salk and me and more and Justin, getting a chance to go to the desert, you're getting a chance to, to watch these Mariners. And please, if you have never done it, take advantage of it. It's not like sitting on the berm with, a, you know, 3,000 people and nothing against that. See, training camp is awesome, It's a, it, but it's a totally different environment. There's a lot less people. You get to walk around. You get to be on the fence and especially on the backfields. And that's what Jerry said when mm-hmm. you asked him, hey, you know, who do I need to see? Who, who do I got to make sure that I go and take a look at? He did not hesitate very long. He said, you got to go watch Harry. Yeah. He is a, um, he's an really amazing, good athlete. amazing athlete. Yeah. And just explosive by all accounts. I think you're going to like him because of his squatting and jumping potential and all of that. Uh, so report. come back to the question. What does it mean for, for Harry Ford if Cal Raleigh's legit? It's fine. Here's the great thing about this. First of all, Cal Raleigh, even if he's legit, Boris guy. So if and when it comes time to extend him, mm-hmm. that will be a challenge if he's legit. Mm. Doesn't mean you can't do it, right? You're you're sort of banking some of that right now, right? Trying to prepare for the future with Gilbert and Kirby and Cal Raleigh, et cetera. But it will be a challenge anytime Scott Boris is involved. So if you Boris need Harry, represent any of those pitchers? I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. All right. Um, but that means that, you know. Cal can slide in, be your next catcher, or uh, Ford could be your next catcher. If you sign Cal Raleigh long-term, here's the great thing about Harry Ford. He doesn't have to catch. He's athletic enough to play third base. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, that should be a pretty good spot for him and may even make his bat play better over time because he doesn't have to worry about the wear and tear of catching. So yeah. I, I don't think there's a problem. I, I think that is actually a nope. great situation where they have some leverage and can kind of work through what they'll need to with Cal. But also, if it works out, they can move this yep. kid to third base and be set at that position moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time uh, will take care of that one. Mm-hmm. There's no need to stress and worry about that today, not tomorrow, not this year. You hope that he does what you know some of these young studs have done, what Julio did do, and that is outperform every level of the minor leagues. Right, and even Jared Kelnick did that all the way up, and and has all the way through. And and why sending him back to the minors or him accomplishing anything more with at bats at the AAA level? I mean, he just those two smoked it, and they went right through. Hope Harry does the same. Hope Harry escalates, you know, a little bit ahead of schedule. And even if he does, that still means, you know, nothing but bonus, mm-hmm. nothing but good, nothing, nothing but, but good. a nothing but a positive sign. Even if Cal continues to be the stud he's been. And then I got a text here from the 602, which, if I'm not mistaken, is Arizona, saying, Salk, Culver's just announced that the walleye sandwich is, in fact, back for a limited time. So, yes, it will be here when you are down. Thank God. It's a Lent thing. Remember, we found out that it's uh, they have that only during Lent. Mm. which didn't necessarily dawn on me because the only time I'd ever had it was when we were down for spring training. Right. And then I tried to go to a Culver's in May, and they were like, right. yeah, we don't have that. That's only for Lent. I was like, oh. Yes. Silly. So, yeah. So the special Lent edition of the walleye fish sandwich at Culver's. Oh. We'll be eating those just uh, just a couple of weeks Oh, this now. isn't a great start. We're 0 for 1. You know what? But that's okay. No. With the bats, you know, don't look up at the scoreboard. Right. Don't, don't look at the big offer up there. No. You know, maybe, maybe it's a time change thing. You know, uh, Colton's coming from the islands. Maybe he's on island time. Maybe. 
maybe. Know, it works a little differently, you know. So I'm not, I'm not going to get well, worked up about this. Here's the other thing, and I don't, I don't know whether you know this or not. There is actually Colton Wong may may have the best excuse for not being here today. His wife is due oh. within the next couple days. Oh yeah, I did. I was looking to see if I could find any extra information for you guys last yes. night. Oh, he did say they have a baby due in March. So it's not impossible that he's like you know had to go right. <laughs> To the, the hospital while she's Maybe the water broke at 723 this morning Anything's before he was possible. ready to jump on with us. And, yeah. you know, look, if I'm him, I'm probably not calling into the radio station to say, sorry, I can't make it. Right. I'm just handling, you know, what's going on with my wife. Now, it's also possible he just straight up forgot. Sure. He's got another little because one. Because when you, what, so yeah, maybe when, he slept through it. Any you, of these things. And you possible. got a wife nine months pregnant. It's not a comfortable night's sleep for anybody. No. No, it's especially your wife. Yeah. It's, you know, you're going to get one of those body pillows at that point. Uh huh. Right. Or, or maybe his wife's just not feeling well and he's just not going to show up. Like, hey, you know, before that we, happens too. Before we do Blue This idiot. is good radio. Let's just keep thinking of different <laughs> of scenarios where he why could Colton be. Long didn't call in. Let me ask you a question, Brock. <laughs> before we do Blue 88 in oh, one minute, we're I one like minute this. away from Blue 88. Yeah. Okay. You have weighted blankets in your house? Is Molly a weighted blanket person? Mike, Michael, it's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it's I knew a, it would be. It's probably your best question 43 <laughs> minutes into the show. Do we have weighted blankets in the Heward home? Yeah. Macy and Heward got a weighted blanket as a gift. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because she's, of the three of ours, she's kind of wired, you know, the most frenetically. Right. And, and those weighted Tough blankets. To sleep. Yeah, they're supposed to kind of help you calm down. Yeah. So that lasted like, being like in the womb. sure that lasted like three hours since okay. she's done with that thing. Good, so, I'm with her. I, yeah, I don't even know where it's at. Anymore. Have you tried it? I tried it. Nah, no thanks. It's like it's awful. It's it's <laughs> Heather has one. We have a couple in our house, and yep. both uh, Avery and Heather use it. Uh-huh. It it's like being suffocated while you sleep. Right. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be like in your own like uh, <laughs> pine box, it, that's what it's like. If right. you've ever wondered what it would be like to be or a straight jacket alive. or, yeah. you know, what does a straight jacket feel like? Oh, yeah. it's just awful. I don't even yeah. like that. It's on the bed because sometimes I roll over near it and it starts feeling so heavy that okay. I've got to roll back to the other okay. side of the Quick bed. I've never 30... tried one, but I'm always cold and I like cocoon myself. So you I might think like I might it, like then. it. Yeah, you might like it. It won't come off you. I'll tell you that much, man. It's like a <laughs> lead on top of you while you're trying to sleep. Do you want a quick 30 second uh, young married story? Sure. Bless Molly's heart. And she's not listening right now. I know that for a fact. But early in our marriage, she got this uh, uh, mattress, mattress cover thing, something for the bed that, you know, it, it wasn't a heavy blanket. Those weren't around 20 some years ago, but it was like a mattress, mattress cover or something. And um, so she goes and picks this thing up. It's a gift, whatever. It's awesome. We come back. And I'm like, oh, man, this thing's heavy. Like we get into bed. Like I can't move. The double or triple the weight of these heavy blankets. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, this thing feels heavy. Like, I can't even roll. Maybe it was her way to keep me away from yeah, her. I don't know. Smart. Yes. So then she kind of goes back to, to, to the old Bon Marche. She's like, yeah, we're, and my husband, we're kind of in trouble with this. And the lady's like, um, sweetie, that goes on top of the mattress. That uh, doesn't go on top of you. Oh, it's a mattress pad. Yeah. Oh. It doesn't go on top of you. <laughs> it's like a, it was like a feather bed? Yes, that's yeah, what it was. We feather have bed. one of those. Yeah. Yeah, put that on top of the mattress. Yeah, you sleep on the feather bed. This feather bed doesn't, doesn't sleep, sleep on, on you. you. Let's do some Blue 88. This is Brock and Salk's Blue 88. Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. 
right, every day we ask three good football questions of Brock at 745. We call Blue 88. Brock, question number one. Now that the coaching hiring cycle, at least for the head coaches, is done, what did it teach us about the NFL this year? Three offensive-minded head coaches, two defensive-minded head coaches. You started there. You got two old heads and Frank Reich and Sean Payton that have been there and done it. Both have Super Bowl rings in varying capacities. Frank is an OC and is a is an intern and been around it obviously sean payton in new orleans with that run and then three rather newbies and those two defensive guys i think what jumps out to me salt the two defensive guys are not vic fangio they're not dom capers they're not old those two defensive guys are young and vibrant and energetic and if you're going to go on that side of the ball in this league that is still offensive-minded it still favors the rules of the offense. Just watch the Super Bowl. You can now do a QB sneak, and you can line up eight guys behind, whereas the old Bush push back in the day was questionable. Now, not so questionable. Now you can't grab a guy even in the final two minutes off the line of scrimmage. So if you're going to go defense, you better go young. You better go energetic. You better go nimble and adaptable and all those things that D'Amico Ryans was the number one target and the number one target of a bunch of people. And even Jonathan Gannon, the new hire in Arizona, as they swing from an offensive mind, Cliff Kingsbury and Bruce Arians, and say, okay, we do have some young athleticism. We do have the number three pick, and I'm sorry, it's going to be either Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. They're not going beyond Arizona. They could trade it. Uh, they're not going to go. They're not going to lose one of those two generational wow. guys. They've been in the division and faced Aaron Donald. <laughs> they're not going to let a generate, and not now a defensive-minded coach. He's not going to let one of those two mm. slip to Seattle or behind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to pop that bubble and ruin that dream, but that's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I think those are the things that jump out to me the most in this hiring cycle. All right, question number two. NFL quarterback carousel as well. We heard Andrew Brandt say that this is as strange a quarterback offseason as he can remember. Yep. You know, taking a look at what we saw this year with the Huskies, with Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix and that coach relationship, yep. is there anything to be learned from that? Yeah, I think you're going to see this. I think this is going to be maybe one of those situations where actually the college game and where we've looked and found this Kenny Dillingham, Bo Nix, Kalen DeBoer, Michael Penix, these connections of quarterbacks and play callers, quarterbacks and coordinators, head coaches that have had background together. I use that word advocate, right? Even my nephew now, right? Going down to Cal Poly. Why Cal Poly? Why is he going to the big sky? Because he has an advocate. He has Sheldon Cross, his offensive coordinator and play caller that believes in him. That, it, that is going to empower him and trust him. So as we look at this QB carousel and what jumps out, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. He's going to go to the Jets. He's going to come out of his darkness. And did you hear him yesterday, by the way? Fire and shot. He's very up. upset. Gosh, he doesn't like Ian Rappaport. Uh, so he's, he's going to go into that thing later. I know. I see your face. A lot of folks don't. And uh, he's going to go to the Jets. Nathaniel Hackett, his guy, his ally. To end his career, he's going to go on linked up with his best buddy again. He's going to go to the Jets. Now, what concerns me here, Salky, is I noticed you followed a guy on Twitter by the name of Bredman. Baker Bredman? Yeah. I love Baker Bredman. Yeah, tell me who Baker Bredman is. He's a phony. He's it's a total parody. It's a total it's a parody. parody account. Yeah, oh, he, he, he makes fake statements. It's great. I love <laughs> oh, oh, very good. Good he to He tweets know. stuff, but as bread. Like, he was oh. Bready Henderson for a while. Oh, good. Oh, good. Whew. Yeah. I'm relieved. Oh, were you, tweet- were you, did you get caught no, by a No, absolutely tweet? not, but I was trying to figure Uh-oh. it all out. And- no, 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 Uh-oh. no, no, no. You got breaded. No, I didn't get breaded. Mm. But Derek Carr is going to end up with Frank Reich and Josh McCown and Geno Smith. 
Gina Smith may follow Mr. Canales. That may, there may be a little bit of a bond there of trust. Now, Canales doesn't go to Baltimore. Dave Canales now interviewing in Tampa. That's it. We're, it, it we're hmm. at least worth keeping an eye on. Okay. Keep, keep an eye on that. Because right. those two emerge it, together in some big-time ways this year. It's worth, it, it's worth at yeast keeping an eye on? It's... It's you got to at least keep an eye on at yeast. Yes, at yeast. You're Ian Rappaport. You're a nerd in a suit. All right. Question number three. We uh, spent some time since Mora did a great job of looking up the cap commitments for the Seahawks and then uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. When when you look at the three or four best teams in the league. Yep. How do they look cap-wise? A very big difference between the way you do your business on the cap right now and the final four teams that were left standing in the playoffs. Okay. When it comes to 2024, Saul, just kind of looking out beyond this year, we kind of know 23. You know the two biggest cap hits in 2024 as they sit today for your Seattle Seahawks? DK Metcalf, 24.5. Tyler Lockett, 23.9. Jamal Adams, 23.6. Quandre Diggs, 15.1. You know what those four guys are? All the way from the football. Mm -hmm. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is 2024 as well. Obviously, Mahomes is there. Going to eat up 46. But then it's Clark. It's Jones. It's Thune. It's Kelsey. Look at I can keep going. Look at the uh, look at the Bengals. DJ Reader, D tackle. Trey Hendrickson, D ends. Jonah Williams, offensive tackle. Joe Burrow's obviously going to be number one on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go to the 49ers. 49ers were. No, I didn't save that one. I apologize. But it's Bosa and it's Armstead that are one and two. Oh, there it is. Trent Williams, third, 27. Eric Armstead, 23. Fred Warner, 18. George Kittle, 18. Nick Bosa, 18. Mm. These teams, man, at the top, it's not that, hey, we got to be copycat and you got to do what they're doing. But I think there is something to be said about that proximity to the football, <laughs> the proximity to the line of scrimmage. And the fact that even moving into 23 and certainly into 24, the Seahawks are going about it right now on paper a little differently than the rest. All right, that is today's Blue 88. We do that every morning, 745. You get stuff wrong all the time, right. and everybody knows it. All right. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, super mad. Uh, he said that uh, that he kind of cursed even and said oh, that, yeah. that neither Schefter nor, um, nor Rappaport had any idea what he was doing. He was very mad that anybody said he was uh, had already started his darkness retreat because right. he hadn't done that yet. Right. So, yeah, that was. Um, he said nobody in his inner circle has contact with us. Right. Too. Please tweet Ian Rappaport and say Chad Dukes thinks you're a d- and he's going to start every show for the rest of the year saying Ian Rappaport is a because d- I am. Oh. And, Do you think he followed through on that? No. Do you think he started every show with that? Guys, bigger than you on, we're able to nope. keep a schedule. And by the way, if you can't commit to an interview, don't do it, stupid. We have the Twice actual- you boned me today. Twice. <laughs> we have the what actual sound loser. of Aaron Rodgers, but Salk just wants any excuse to play this sound of Rappaport. You're Ian Rappaport. You're a nerd in a suit. He just kicked me in the in the 5 o'clock hour. Wow. I don't know how many of you know this, but the 5 o'clock hour, money hour for the okay. PM drive. Yeah. I just got kicked in the Salk, I would by like- a zip zero, stingy with De Niro. <laughs> Can I, get this, love playing this can I get the same rant for you with Colton Wong? I mean, yes, absolutely. He's a zip zero stingy with De Niro. That's right. Yeah. 
I'm going to give you the same rant, the same rant on Colton Wong, who stood us up a half hour ago. I don't know. We're reaching out. We're seeing if we can find him later in the show. Uh, it is Brock and Salk. Don't forget, tomorrow, I'll tell you who will not stand anybody up. John Schneider. The uh, debut of the John Schneider show of tomorrow afternoon with Wyman and Bob. Are you excited about that, Brock? I think uh, you might be the most excited person in the building for this. Probably the most excited. I would say so. Uh, yeah. You are very, very. Very big P1. That will be destination listening. O'clock. I will have that saved. I will have double alarms. Very good. I will make sure I'm there for that. Four o'clock tomorrow, Wyman and Bob with John Schneider.